Welcome back to yet another episode of Black Law and, and Legalize. So today we have for your enjoyment. Oh, and I was also told that we should say the language in this podcast may not be suitable for younger listeners. Oh, really? We need we need um parental guidance. Yeah. Parental advice. Explicit advisory. lyrics. Man. Explicit language. See, now everyone wanna email us, but they don't want to fucking follow us on uh whatchamacallit and rate our shit on iTunes, man. Fuck y'all. And you don't wanna be a guest on our show. Yeah, for real. We need guests, man. We need guests. You want to talk about your legal situations? You want to talk about your crazy uncle and them? Or just some random shit? It don't matter. Shit, you can just... Come and shoot the breeze with us. Come on. All right. So, um, what we're going to talk about today is public Fight the power. Fight the power that be. I think that's copyright infringement. No, it's not. I I just... That's a clip. I I, I think so. That's not subject to... All I know is... Um... Shouts out to public enemy. Fuck the public defenders. Though. <laughs> All right, so public defenders, we're going to talk a little bit about them here, and then we're going to spend majority of the episode doing ask an attorney. So, public defenders, what are public defenders, and why are they available? You know what? Can I answer this one? This, this, this one, no, because I'm gonna need you to stop trying to be a low rent. Uh, talk show host. I don't know what that word means. Is, <laughs> is that like Donahue? Any. Let's talk about public defenders. And who are they? And We have they? the test results in the back. <laughs> you are the father. No. Seriously? Yeah, tell me what you think a public defender okay, is. Okay, a public defender is a lawyer who ain't really good, but poor people need representation and it is in the Constitution somewhere. I know it's in the Miranda rights. That, uh, you know, I heard them quite a few times. Quite a few times, uh uh-huh. That if you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided provided for you. you. But you know what? I'm glad we're doing this episode because I need to dispute you of that lie that public defenders are actually bad lawyers. Okay, let's uh, start with who are they? So they are court-appointed attorneys for people who cannot afford to retain legal counsel. And you are right. It is a constitutional right. It's the Sixth Amendment, actually, that A well-regulated militia. No, the Sixth Amendment, not the Second. The Sixth Amendment basically guarantees that all defendants receive the right to counsel in felony cases. But most courts and most states, they actually extend that to any case where a defendant could result in receiving jail time. So my question would be, does the old saying, you get what you pay for, apply? It does not because most people are on the assumption that, um, public defenders and they do have public defender offices and there's a pool of public defenders but there are also people who are appointed by the court wait there's a pool of public defenders right there's a let's hope they drown no 
There's a public defender's office in most jurisdictions. But people who are public defenders aren't necessarily always attached to the public defender's office. The court can appoint a private attorney who is a part of a panel. There, There are certain private attorneys who are vetted by the court and they are like is a this panel like pro bono shit basically they're uh-huh. a panel that the court can draw from so they can say i appoint mr so-and-so as your lawyer but he could be a private attorney not necessarily attached to the public defender's office how often in your experience have you seen that happen a lot when the public defender's office is understaffed. They're Which always is, yeah, understaffed. Like, isn't that the, the but not like in every, running stereotype that but public defender's offices They're are not in every jurisdiction though? Because in a lot of in a lot of jurisdictions, being a public defender is the thing that you wanna be basically because you get so much experience. Like these are coveted positions mm-hmm. because in some jurisdictions, public defenders' offices, they have training programs. And it's not like as soon as you step into the public defender's office, you get your first case and they just set you loose. You start going through the process of a court case. So and it's kind of like an internship. Right. And you eventually work your way up so to... So I'm getting an appointed intern. No, at the point where you actually get somebody in court that's defending you and going to trial, they will have gone through all the steps. Because they may start out not being in court, but they may start out following another public defender. You know, because... Damn, they, so you they, basically got a chain, a, a train of losers. No, they are trained. All lawyers are trained. Every lawyer that come out of law school does not know how to practice law. Everybody goes through a period where they have to be trained in what they want to specialize in. Okay, who trained you? I trained myself. Exactly. And that, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) is how she ended up on a podcast. Anyway, so they are all not a part of the public defender's office per se. They can be people that are appointed by the court for that specific person. Okay. Now, my next question would be, all right, they say if you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you, right? What mm-hmm. if you can afford one? One will not be appointed, if They, but they look at the totality. It's like you don't have to be without a job, two, two cents to your name to get a public defender. But what, what? if I have, all right, let's say I have 30 grand in the bank, but I just don't want to spend my money on an attorney. Okay. Here's the thing. When you go to your arraignment and you say that you can't afford a lawyer, they actually give you an affidavit of finance. So you go through and you outline to them how much money you have in the bank, what assets you have, what liabilities you have. So in the end, as I said, they look at the totality of your financial, um, so the court, the court can determine if I can afford a lawyer. Exactly. And if the court determines that you can afford a lawyer, you need to go out and get your one. Now, well, wait, what if I want Johnny Cochran and I can't afford, well, I know he, I can't have no more, but still, 
you know, what if I but want you can't a dream some, team? Wait, it's not about a dream team. But just, what if I not, need one? It's like, not about a dream team. Just like doctors, you are not required to have the best medical care. That's you right. are just required to, to have, have medical care. If you can't care. afford a lawyer, even if it's a Johnny Dum Dum, you better get Johnny Dum Dum. So I, all right. Your other option at that point would to be represent yourself. Now, I've heard that judges take that as a slap in the face to the judicial system. No, they actually, they don't take that as a slap to the face, but they are more apt. Well, it's kind of a catch-22 because if you're defending yourself and something happens, Continuous. Then you, then you, no, then you go back and you say, okay, I didn't have proper counsel. Now I need a new trial. Damn straight. You know, so. If I lose my case, I'm going to be like, <laughs> your honor, I did not have adequate de- defense. And you know, I'd so, probably sue myself for malpractice. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> then you go to jail for uh, practicing law without a license. No, but I mean. Only a fool will defend themselves in a situ in in any situation, but especially a criminal situation. Have you ever seen someone defend themselves and win? Well, I'm not gonna say defend themselves. I've seen people actually be their own attorney in civil litigations. And win? Yes. Man, that's gonna be me one. I day. feel like I feel like Paul Smith could do that. Man, Paul Smith will get the judge thrown under the jail. <laughs> All right. Um, who pays public defenders? Does the city, federal, There's state? There's a fund. Most um, criminals, you know, I'm sure as you're very, criminals very conversant. You're, you're very, very conversant in. There are fees. Like when you go to court, there are fees that you pay. Restitution? Well, no, because restitution goes to whomever you wrong but there are there are court costs and there are fees that you pay and i know in the city of new orleans part of the fee that you pay is for the indigent defender board and so that goes into their fund there's also funding that they may receive from the state and the federal government how much do they make on average like depending on the jurisdiction anywhere from 40 to 60 grand hmm Maybe more, like I said, depending on the jurisdiction. Okay. So, with the public defenders, uh, we do know that majority of, in major cities at least, have heavy caseloads and are overworked and underpaid. Mm -hmm. They, well, double question. Uh, Is that an excuse to suck? And also tying into being... See, you keep saying that they suck, but you know that there, there was... You know what? Mine got me. Let me tell you what mine got me. There was a study. Mine got me thrown in jail. (laughs) All I know is this. There was a study that was done, and it compared public defenders with private lawyers, and it basically came out even. I mean, every private lawyer, Paul Smith had a private lawyer. Let's harken back to a couple of episodes ago. Paul Smith had a private attorney, and what happened? What did he say happened? And this is not a public defender. Exactly. So it's not the public defender's office as a whole. 
you got bad lawyers all over the place. Okay, mine. Let me tell you, this is a true story. No bullshit, right? So, this lady, I think Albright was her name. She was my attorney. And uh, she got me sentenced to juvenile detention. And then I had to go up. It was almost like a, you needed to a go to parole jury. type of thing where you go before the judge. They talk about your progress, whatever, whatever. I was in there fighting. I was in there, tried to start a fire. Uh, that's why you needed couple, to go to juvie. Couple, no, this was exactly in, what, in juvie. That's what I'm so saying. That's why you need. to I get to in go. the courtroom, right? And I did the most disrespectful thing I could think of because I'm all about disrespecting people at that age too. Ju- uh, judge, get on the judge, nah, Judge Dawkins. That was his name. Black dude too. You would think that the black judge in the city of Alexandria would have had some sort of uh, compassion. Yeah, towards the black youth that he seen go. Nah, he was worse than the white judge. I forget the white judge's name. Oh, so, he was a Clarence Thomas. Man, I go in there and my attorney's right here beside me. I'm right here. And then you got the state people over there and the people from the detention center. I did like this as soon as the trial started. I'm laying on the table, right? Head down, sleep. So my attorney kept going like this. And hit me, hit me. Like, get your head up. You get your head up. I'm like, I'm laying on the table. So she hit me hard one time and... Something in my head went off and I turned to her and I cocked my hand back to hit her. And I said, <laughs> I started looking around, started looking around. And I'm like, motherfucker, man, them bailiffs jumped on my, I ain't even swing. I just no, cocked my hand. No, but you ifted Man, them bailiffs jumped on my ass, beat the fuck out of me. Uh, All right, so why was that the public defender's fault? She was trying to get you to wake up so that you would not seem more disrespectful. Fuck her. So then I tried being suicidal as my defense to get out, right? Because if you're in the detention center and you are suicidal, a lot of the times they will remove you from the detention center. And put put you you in the bouncing room. No, they'll put you in a, um, a group home. Where they have uh, access to more mental, so I tried the suicidal shit. I got thrown in the room <laughs> with the camera. They're like, yeah, nigga, you suicidal, go ahead. But uh, so I tried all this different shit trying to get out. My attorney, she was a piece of shit. Fuck her. My PO was a piece of shit. Fuck her. I Wait a minute. There's more to this story. There is, but I don't have time <laughs> to get into it. So fuck them all. <laughs> um, so that's where my experience with public. I've had quite a few public defenders. None of them, all of them actually would go to a little room in the courthouse. This is what it looks like to me. Uh, go into a Your little room. Your public defender and the prosecution. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And then they come back and they'll be like, look, if you plead guilty, you know, you'll only do six months. And I'm like, I don't want to do six months. No, this is the best they're going to do. I don't want to do six months. They go back in the room again. Come back up. Because the okay. thing is, is in every instance, were you guilty or not? Not in every instance. No. In majority 99. of them, 99.9%. Yes. See, so what they basically look at is, I know it's feasible, but for the time, the, the sake of time and money, we don't want to take up the course time because in the end, the result is going to be you'll be found guilty and you'll serve time. So in order to 
bypass all that, clear up the court's time, save some money, we're going to accept a plea. Now, the other thing, too, I'll say is there were two crimes that I committed with my codes, and um, one of them was for credit card fraud. Mm. Now, I had absolutely nothing to do with this one. One of my codes stole his teacher's purse out of her desk when she had left the classroom. Wait, were you involved in I wasn't the even, spending spree? I was at the mall with him. And that's and why he was, excuse me, he was shopping. He was trying to buy a, shoes, trying to exactly buy. That's exactly why you, you, so, you were what guilty by association. Basically, this is what happened. We went to the shoe store, tried to buy shoes. There was like, where your ID at? Now, this is when debit cards and credit cards weren't that common. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we was like, man, uh, my homeboy, like, man, my mama in the food court eating. She told me to take this and go buy my shoes. They're like, nah, little man, you got to get out of here. So he was like, shit, I'm going to go to the jewelry. Like, Nigga, why are you going to the jewelry <laughs> store? So you knew that he was using this card. I knew he was using a, a card okay. that did not belong mm-hmm. to him. So yeah, okay. we go to the jewelry thing and the jewelry dude like, sure, sure. Yeah, everything you want. Uh-huh. Give me the card. So he took the card, turned around, made a phone call. Mm. And I'm like, bro, this shit taking too long. This shit, take, I've seen credit card transact. It's take, <laughs> let's go. So we start walking. We walked out of the mall, walked through the parking lot, and here come mall security, right? So we take off, run in, jump the fence, run down a hill. And so you wonder why you actually now, got arrested. Let me finish almost at the end. Run down the hill, ran around the Tower Hotel, ran over the Van Dorn apartments where Paul lived. So we saw a group of Negroes that we knew. <laughs> so we figured there were two people at the the, the mall. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's hang out with uh Tony and them. And there was probably about four other people. So now we're a group of six. Mm-hmm. Ain't no way. Man, the police still rolled up on us and said, uh, which two of y'all were at the mall? And, of course, Tony and them was like, we ain't getting involved with y'all. Exactly. Man, shit, we wasn't at the mall. So, I'm like, I wasn't at the mall. (laughs) And my boy was like, the whole time, nigga, let's run. Let's run. (laughs) I'm like, nah, nah, we got this. Because I've always been the analytical one. Mm -hmm. I'm like, nah, we got this. We was here with them the whole time. Nigga, let's run. I'm like, nah, I ain't running, man. You can go ahead and run. Man, all right. Yeah, no, nah, we was here with them the whole time. Officer, go over there. Now, these young men may have been selling drugs. So they were like, um, no, they were not with us the whole time. They just showed. And I'm like, y'all motherfuckers. And that, what, they ain't trying to go to jail for y'all? Man, you got to cover for your homies, no, man. No, because then it would have been, all right, all y'all, since we don't know what to we searching all y'all and all y'all coming with us. Them boys ain't trying. The them man. boys ain't trying to go to jail for y'all. So you trying to tell me that that was unlawful arrest? That seemed lawful to me because you were no, you were involved. No, in this. okay, right. So we get to the police station and they're asking me about this credit card. Do you know about the credit card? What credit card? The credit card that you two tried to use to buy jewelry. What credit card? The credit card. Look, the jewelry guy identified you guys. What credit card? So I'm doing what 
any criminal that has been caught. Deny, deny, deny. I tell act. people all the time. I don't care if they catch you red handed. Uh-huh. It wasn't me. credit card in my hand. What credit card? <laughs> so they getting pissed off and they like and then they did the famous. Well, Good you cop, know, bad cop. your boy over there uh-huh. said you stole the credit card. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I don't even go to the same school. He goes to that school. The credit card was stolen from his teacher. I'm like, ain't no damn way. So I'm like, for real? Okay. What credit card? (laughs) So they ended up throwing us both in jail. Now, his family bought a lawyer for him. My mama didn't buy me no lawyer. (laughs) And guess, well, actually, he did get more time than me. But he, I think he got his charges reduced. So, say all that to say, fuck public defenders. Yeah, said all that to say, sound like you deserve to be in jail. Sound like I you were involved. Shit. Yes, you did. I was just there. No, you did do something. I was. You there. were involved in the commission of this crime. How was because he, he, this is how your boy stole a credit card. Right, I didn't know it was stolen. All right, but you knew that it wasn't his. You just you admitted to me earlier that you knew. That, that he was using this card and it wasn't for his mom. It was you knew it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So here you are with your boy while he is committing a crime. Just because he was committing, you walk a crime. into a bank and you and anonymous walk into a bank together. You don't know anonymous is about to pull a, a, a heist job, and anonymous pulls out a gun and demands money. I'm gonna give her money <laughs> and demands money from the tellers. You. Just participated in the commission of a crime. No, you I are will cooperate fully with the you authorities. Are you are involved. So well, that's and, bullshit. No, because what situation the, you didn't cooperate with the authorities. What I did cooperate. They asked me about a credit card. I had no idea about this credit card. All I know is, man. Yeah, so yeah, accomplices I got sent up the river, and then I got sent up the river for arson because you burned some shit. No, because somebody we that was, you were with once again check it why out. are you always yeah, hanging out, out with criminals we were hanging out at my house See? sipping uh skipping school smoking mm-hmm, weed mm-hmm. and when we left somebody did not extinguish their weed or mm-hmm. something of that nature but it was in and, your house right yeah and mm-hmm. the house went up in flames so mama came home from work her house on fire now we know it. We had left. Like we didn't even know this was going on. So of course I'm sitting in court for arson, and the only my defense was, why the fuck would I burn down my house? That doesn't even make sense. People do it all the time. Why? Insurance like, jobs. Oh, I wasn't getting no damn insurance shit. And and angry people burn shit. Man, that was the dumbest shit. And then they tried to say that they investigated it and there was an accelerant used and all. Now, that was just pure bullshit. We were smoking. Like, I don't smoke weed, but they were smoking weed. I was probably smoking cigarettes in there. House goes up in flames. Like, you know, you use the community ashtray mm-hmm. and then you push it under the bed so your parents don't find it. Ain't like they can't smell it, but we kids. So uh, we leave to go mess with some girls house on fire somebody burned down the house you cannot charge me with burning down the house when there were x amount of people there it was your house well my house is my mama house yeah well, you live so there. my public defender 
we got a deal for you. All right, now this is one I'm not taking a deal on. I did not burn down the house. And you're not going to lie and tell me there was an accelerant used and it was arson. Like, they was trying to railroad us at the time because we all actually got charged. But, uh, yeah, fuck that. Went to jail for that, too. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Once again, seems to me as if every crime that you have been accused of, I was you just either committed there. or you were principle the only crime i've ever been now we're speaking of juvenile here i got that i committed was skipping school Hmm. i was a serial truant that just sounds fly i'm gonna get that on business cards (laughs) anyway hey i'm dan on drugs serial truant Uh uh so i didn't even know that shit was illegal anyway like i said accomplices but Co-conspirators. I'm, so right now, if I set this down, right, you know how these things are supposed to explode? And uh-huh, all? If I set uh-huh. this down, they explode, and boom, the room goes up in flames. Y'all ass is going to get charged with arson? No, see, because what happened then was an accident. That's what happened? Yeah, but you see, you were running around with a bunch of miscreants. And y'all had records. So, And then the house caught on fire. So, uh, of course, y'all did it deliberately. Man, that's what that's happens. That like out of everything, that was like one of the things where I looked at the judicial system, the legal system, and said, you know what, this is bullshit. And then the other thing I noticed too, now this was more so with my homies than with me, but me included, is we were at the time thirteen years old. Mm-hmm. Thirteen years old, we're sitting in courtrooms for arson and all this other shit, right? The system conditions young black men from. That even 12, 12, 13, 14 years old to be lifelong criminals. Like there was no. Let me ask you this question. So basically when this arson occurred, how many times had you been involved in the the juvenile justice system? At that point, once. Once before. Once. And that was for skipping school. That was for truancy. So you were you were a truant. Mm-hmm. So basically, what you're trying to say that was no diversionary program. They just nope. wanted. They went from zero to sixty. They yep. wanted to put y'all in juvie. And what about your, what about your boys? How often had they been touched by the juvenile justice system? Because at that the, time, mm-hmm. we were all still what we would call uh, fish, mm-hmm. new fish. So so, so basically, in. I know, and it is a truism, if you are a repeat offender, the system looks at you differently than if Mm -hmm. it is your first time. Our thing was that they were looking at us as young black boys that were acting out, and we're going to get them accustomed to this system because, as Paul would have even told you, uh, back in the day, Cops used to just fuck with us, fuck with us, fuck with us, fuck with us. Because y'all were a group of black dudes hanging out. This particular time, I was parking my car in front of my mama house. This was, you know, way down the line when I was older. And Paul, the former firefighter that was on two episodes ago, me and him hung out as uh, children. Uh, He was with me in the car. We were trying to find a parking spot. Dude pulls us over. I believe he jacked Paul up and threw him up against the car. He might have body slammed me. So, turns out that the dude got fired from the police force. 
and became a firefighter. Guess whose station he worked at? <laughs> at Paul's station. And when he walked in, Paul said, I should fuck you up. And then the dude said, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember. So anyway, but young boys, young black boys are conditioned early on. There were no diversionary um, programs. There were no uh, city-sponsored, uh, like, therapy. Did y'all have those? Yeah. There were programs in the city. We had the Untouchables, which was a dope group. Shout out to Mike Smith, uh, Griffin, and all of them cats for the kids in the projects. They would uh, have a, it was almost like a mentoring group. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Urban League, which I was a part of, but that was court ordered. Um, there were a few other things, but no, to answer your question, no, not really. So what was it that actually kind of got you out of that? Well, I, I tried the suicide thing. I tried. This is actually, let me tell y'all how I, how I got out. All right, no, wait, so, wait, wait. I think what Anonymous, his question is, what stopped you from going down this path of truancy gotcha. and and hanging out with the dude smoking weed and burning the house down last, and robbing people? And My what? last juvenile case was uh, truancy again. Now, this is when I was older when I was 17 versus 13, uh, they were trying to throw me in jail again. And I, for y'all who know me and anyone else, I have a problem with authority. I have a problem with people telling me what to do. If you tell me what to do, I will not do it. No, you would do the opposite. That too. Tell you to talk. You will be silent. Tell you be silent. You will talk. That too. So, um, this time around, they was like trying to give me some real hardcore time. So I'm like, man, you know what? After I finagle my way out of this, which I did, I'm like, fuck that. I ain't going back because you can buck on authority all you want, but eventually they're not going to wear down. The system is going to suck you in. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to become, a, and this is what I'm saying, how they condition you. Because they're putting me, a dude that was skipping school and a dude that was smoking, basically, in here with people that have killed people, mm-hmm. people who have robbed people, mm-hmm. people who have broken into houses, people who have done stolen cars. And I'm learning how to do all this shit from them Exactly. Now. And that and that is one of the criticisms that many people have about not just the juvenile justice system, but the justicism as a whole. is because you go to you basically go to school in jail yeah they they teach you how to become a better criminal man and let me tell you what happened on ear hustle that's a a podcast i just started listening to uh they were talking to a lot of the inmates in san quentin that are victims of and i call them victims of the three strikes rule right Mm -hmm. the one dude got sentenced 50 years to life for stealing $40 out of a cash register. But that's that was his third, third felony. Now, none of his felonies have been violent. All of them have been stealing shit. So, he is serving 50 to life. There are some people in there with 250 years before they even go before the parole board. Recidivism. For non-violent Recidivism offenses. is a thing. The thing is, is, okay, you steal one time, I give you a shot. You steal two times. All right, I'm going to give you another chance. You steal the third time. Why are you still stealing? But I understand it's because in America, we have this 
complex of prison. We have this prison system complex. You know, prisons are big money. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, war equals money. Prisons equals money. So you need prisoners. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and more often than not, people mm-hmm. people who are from underprivileged, low income neighborhoods or cities bear the brunt of this prison complex. And what's so, crazy about that too is the dude that went in there. The reason why he was stealing is he was uh, on drugs, right? But he did have a wife and a child, so. His wife uh, left him. She got the house, sold it, got his car, sold it, whatever, whatever. And then kept his daughter from visiting. His daughter was too young at the time to understand. Mm-hmm. So she never even knew she had a father, so to speak. So he had been uh, trying to get visitations. Nope, mother wouldn't do it. So this dude is in there. He's like, I think he said five six and weighed 130 pounds. In there with like hardcore criminals for stealing $40. Then the dude gets raped in prison, which hardly ever happens. You know, they they joke about it, but it's not the norm. Gets raped in prison, and it's like over $40. You just stung, got 50 years, got fucked in your ass, and you can't see your family no more. $40. You know what? I would halfway feel sorry for people, for him specifically, if... Why you got to steal? I didn't put you on drugs. Why you got to steal? Now, I'm going to also say that how do we know with the three strikes? I mean, we've seen how corrupt the police are, especially in Baltimore with the body cams. They are still planting drugs with body cams. That's right. Nigga, we can see you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, see, the thing is, is, but nowadays, though, with, um, Things like the Justice Project, people are getting out of jail. But the problem is, is justice turns very slowly. You know, people will serve 20 years in jail before they're found innocent mm-hmm. of what put them there. You mean so, like the Innocence Project? Or yeah, the Justice Project? with the Innocence oh, Project. Okay. And with, I mean, there, there are other other movements like the innocent project that that seek to get people released you but know, that that's few and far between them another thing that's crazy too is they keep putting it up on the docket to vote for it in california at least prop 66 which would like people common sense man these people should not be doing hundreds of years for nonviolent. They, like, they didn't hurt anyone. They didn't touch anyone. Yeah, they might have stolen. But shit, I've stolen shit. Yeah, but you know, that hurt anyone. Not purposely, but. Yeah, uh, that hurt anyone thing, that, that's a relative term. Because you steal my car, you did hurt me. If I steal $40 out of a cash register of a business, yeah, I hurt the business by taking $40 of theirs, but. 50 years? Come yeah, on, you, hurt, you hurt yourself. You hurt your family, too. The, I might I mean, have helped that, my family. My daughter might have needed that formula. Man, but the thing is this. I know that our justice system is messed up. It is. Coming from a place, from someone 
who is an officer of the court. Our justice system is messed up, but it's the one that we have and we have to believe in no, it. No, we can actually adopt. <laughs> we can adopt. We we have no we have we we there are people within it that are trying to change it. And that's the thing. Activism. It ain't gonna getting, change getting like, involved. Talking to uh Irkin Jerk, right? His mama, you were there for that. His mm-hmm. mama's a nurse mm-hmm. at Rikers. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here telling him, I'm like, uh, yeah, you know they're closing Rikers down. The reason I bring that up is Rikers is like one of the most uh, violent, violent and mm-hmm. notorious. And now if you are going to get raped in jail, you are going <laughs> to get raped in Rikers. Rikers. <laughs> but uh, what's fucked up is it's not going to change anything because they're going to move. They're going to ship these prisoners out to different prisons to in the prisons. state. Right. And guess what? The problem is going to follow. And right. the CEOs are a big, huge, huge problem. We actually, we do have a CEO uh, that we should be able to get on the show to uh, kind of give us some insight into that. So that's public defenders in a nutshell. We kind of went off uh, on a tangent, but you got to love the tangent that we went off. Uh-huh. More to follow, more to follow. Man, I've never been raped. In <laughs> so you say. Uh, let's see. Oh, but I have. Like when they come by your carts, right? Come by your carts. They come by your door for to pass out the hygiene items. You got a little deodorant that's like this big, like a one time use thing. Guess what? Baby I can't powder. see you. I can't. I can see you. They can't see this, you. This, this big. How big this, is it? This, this big, big. This big, it's y'all. This Look, big. Of like a one time use thing. So anyway, it's a little car. You got your baby powder and shit. For some reason, they have rubber gloves on these carts. And you used to so, steal the rubber gloves? Nah, but I will watch everyone else. And I'm like, why are they taking these gloves? Like, what y'all need gloves for? <laughs> and the Mexican dudes, they'd be like, you'll see, Holmes, you'll see. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to see what? Like, no, Holmes, you don't wash your gloves, Holmes. Let me look. Just take two gloves and you give them to me, Holmes. So I'm like, all right, here, two gloves. So... At night, did they use them to wrap around something? They would take a towel uh, or their sweatshirt or something, and they would go to the little sink and put hot water on the towel, wrap it around a glove, pour a little bit of lotion in the glove, and boom, homemade pocket pussy. And I'm like, my mind was blown, blown was it? <laughs> and I'm like, damn, that is genius. So, how do you make one of these? Now? <laughs> so. I tried to make my first one, right? And I got the glove and I'm like, five fingers though. Like, which one does it go in? I don't I don't follow. So, no, nah, Holmes, it don't matter, Holmes. It's all the same, man. <laughs> so you put the lotion and then we had this shit it's called Bob Barker. That no, it wasn't Bob Barker. It was Barker. That's who made all the hygiene products. So you put the lotion in there, but it was the most watered down lotion ever. So you had to put like a whole shitload in. Then you wrap the towel around there and you tie the fingers at the end. So then you don't have a problem about uh-huh. which finger to go into. Uh-huh. You put the warm water on the towel and, man, you go to work on that sucker, right? And then when you're done, you just tie up the other end and you hand it to the guard. Mm. They used to hate that shit. Like, you little niggas hand me another <laughs> glove that's tied. So, anyway, ingenuity. Um, you know what? If criminals would put that much ingenuity into a business plan coming up with something to make money legitimately that is true true. because do you know how much talent there is 
in jail. Yes. Think about Angola and these people the who furniture. make this furniture. They paint Musicians. jewelry exactly in jail. Mm-hmm. Some of these dudes is actually smart. They just made dumb decisions. Right. right. So I, I believe in redemption. So let's, uh, you know, we are actually going to have to do an episode on shit in jail. Uh, we could do that if we can get our uh, CEO on. But uh, let's go to ask an attorney. We're going to do rapid fire here. Uh, long questions, short answers. Mm-hmm. All right. This is from all of these are actually from Reddit. Uh, figured I'd throw that out there. Uh, I live in Delaware. Last week, I realized someone with access to my apartment burglarized it. They stole loose change, which was worth a substantial amount of money. I called the police. They investigated, and based on evidence, they found that a maintenance worker from my apartment complex stole my money. I received a call from the manager of the apartment complex yesterday. She apologized for the situation and informed me that they fired the employee. She also discussed with me compensating me for my losses. The only issue I have is that she wants to give me a gift card, which can be used as a debit card. I don't think it's fair. A gift card does not make me whole again. I had money that was stolen. I kept it as emergency money and I never touched it. I cannot retrieve cash from a gift card. I told her I was not comfortable with the gift card and I would much rather have a check. She said that management would not allow them to write a check and... There you go. That sums it up. And da, 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 da. the question is, if she calls me back and tells me they can only issue a gift card, what recourse should I take? What else can I communicate to her that a check is the only fair way to recover my losses? You spit in her face and you tell her, bitch, get my check. No, honestly, they have to make you whole. And the manner in which they make you whole because their worker is the one who stole your money. You are absolutely right. A gift card does not compensate you for money that was stolen. And they, and even though they will not allow her to write a check, the management company should be able to write you a check to replace the money in kind is basically what they have to do. That's just like telling somebody that you went to court and you won a million dollar judgment and they want to give you that million dollars on a gift card. That's, that is not replacing in kind. It has to be in kind. And if they do not do that, then your recourse would be to sue the management company. So there you have it. My advice, my legal lie would be just take the gift card. It ain't worth the fight because, you know what, if you got money in the bank, take that money out to replace the money. Use the gift card as you would use your regular debit ATM card. Just makes life easier. But next question, this going back to Paul Smith. Uh, I have an old fence that surrounds the back lot of my property. It's a wire fence with both wood and metal posts that far predates my ownership of the property. He claimed, as in the landscaper guy that was working on the neighbor's property, that the, okay, preface, the landscapers tore down part of my fence to make their job easier. So, all right, now we got the old fence and the landscaper claimed that it's the neighbor's fence. 
since the posts are on that side of the property. However, the fence wraps around my entire yard and it is like that on all sides. The property owner is based in another state and I'm not sure how to contact them. The renters group are a group home facility and don't seem to want to cooperate. I think the lawn care service should be in-house because there are no logos on the vehicles. What are my options here? Basically, he or she or it has to find out who the fence belongs to. That even though they think is their fence, they don't know. So the first step is to basically find out who the fence belongs to. And if the fence does belong to them, then what what do they want to happen? Do they want the fence to be put back up? Repaired, uh-huh. So then they have to repair it. If the fence actually does not belong to the, him or her or it, and it belongs to this group home, then you out of luck. Now, I will add to that just from a, a home ownership contractor slash I do shit point of view. I would assume that the side that the posts are on, that's their fence. That's just my assumption because yeah, that's how I would assume that because some people actually. Yeah, like our fence here. Yeah. You know, they flip it the other way. Yeah. Y'all so. get the ugly side. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I will say that if it is their fence and it has infringed on your property, depending on how long that fence has been there, that might be their property now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's one. A good one from again reddit uh i am 17 i'm two months pregnant ouch my parents do not allow me to get an abortion and they've grounded me i've called the planned parent parenthood in some city in kansas but they say i need consent from my parents but now i can't leave the house unaccompanied at all do i have any options i really do not want to have a child right now okay you are underage And depending on what state you are in, in order to get an abortion, you need parental consent. I know in California you don't. Some states. It all depends on 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 the state state and the law in that state. So if in her state her being 17 means that she needs parental consent, then SOL. Can she become emancipated? Yeah, but... By the time that happens, she you got had the baby. baby. All right. <laughs> you got the baby. So my advice, my legal lie would be Google Rusty Coda. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong. Okay. That's hey, wrong. look, my legal lie. That Rusty Coat Hanger. Um, uh, my father-in-law has two months or so to live. And my mother-in-law says she is going to claim he's dead on all of his credit cards. Wow. They are in his name only and not pay them. He's permanently disabled. He's a veteran, and she says that no creditor can touch his pension. Is there any truth to this? Is there anything she can do to protect herself before he passes? Okay, so as far as the pension is concerned, as far as I know, the only people that can touch a pension is the IRS. So hopefully one of his creditors is not the IRS. Mm-hmm. Um, He... Did I hear she is claim calling all the credit card companies to tell them that 
He's dead. Yep, and he is not yet. Okay. You need a death certificate, that, don't you? That is going to be an issue when um, the time actually comes. Because, yes, most credit card companies, if you call and inform them that someone is dead, they are going to require you show proof of death. I or send give them, them a proof, picture. Give them, a, give them proof of um, death. Now, as far as protection from creditors, depends on what state that they are in. In the state of Louisiana, if you actually um, amass this debt while you were married, it is considered a community debt. So That's why you sign a separate property agreement. Yes, sir. So if, if this is considered a community debt, it does not go away if he dies. And that so, is fucked up. Like, not only does this woman in Louisiana have to deal with, what are the other community property states? California, Texas. Damn, California. Cali. I feel bad for all them Hollywood actors, man. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, you're fucked. Because now you have to deal with losing a loved one. You have to deal with the funeral, burial, medical expenses of... Well, the medical expense of keeping him alive now, but the funeral, burial expenses, and all the other shit. Then you get hit with the debt that the both of you were paying. That See, and, but that's it. But think about it. Not it doesn't suck because I because we buy a house together, mm-hmm. and then you die. Mm-hmm. So that means that I no longer have to pay for this house. No, but. I would no longer have to pay for your credit card bills, your car note, your this, your that. All right, your but other. here's the thing: we you purchased that car while we were married, and you had these credit cards, and you made purchases on them for our benefit. No, so why would you not have to pay? No, it back because if I go out and I get a credit card that says Dan on drugs, <laughs> and or it could. You know, I'm going to leave Fife out of this. Um, <laughs> Dan on drugs. And I go out and I want to buy a boat. And I want to put $600 a week of gas in my boat. <laughs> and I want to go buy bait and shit <laughs> like that to go fishing. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. that's on me. Now, if I die on my way to fishing, why should Anonymous have to pay for, pay the bill because for a credit card she may not even have known about? Because we're married. And- so? Your money is my money, and my money is your money, nah, that's and your up. debt is my debt, and my why don't, debt is Why don't your they just debt? get rid of community? There's three community properties. Actually, there's, get rid more of. Than, there's more than three. I just said the three that I could remember off the top of my head. <laughs> All right. Three. So if you are in a community property state, the best thing to do to protect both is pretend people, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, tell the credit card people you, <laughs> you dead. dead too. When they call, be like, hello? Yeah, can I speak to Dan on drugs? Speaking. Hey, this is Discover. I'm dead. <laughs> um, No, but seriously, the best thing you could do to protect yourselves is separate property agreement. Google it. Or you can email Ann on drugs and she can prepare <laughs> one for you for the low, low price of ninety nine ninety five. So can you do sign the agreement after you're married? Yes, yes. you have one year yes. from to the time out. you get married to opt out of being community property, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, trust me, I got this covered. I, <laughs> you I, researched I, it. I got, it, I got <laughs> us covered. Uh, 
So let's see. This is actually one of my favorite questions here, believe it or not, because it's damn. That's all I can say is damn. Okay. uh, Again, from Reddit, uh, I put my daughter up for adoption 21 years ago. Oh, wait. The tagline is. Is there anything I can do to stop my daughter from harassing me? Okay, I put my daughter up for adoption 21 years ago when she was a newborn. I wasn't and I am still not ready to be a parent. Said daughter was a product of rape and the entire situation was traumatic and unpleasant. Well, my daughter searched for me. At first, the agency contacted me and told me that she wanted a medical history and potential contact. I refused contact and I gave her my information medical information instead that wasn't good enough for she ends up at my doorstep one day and asked for a relationship i basically had to slam the door in her face because she began to cry and scream and beg for me to accept her days later she returns again i call the police and the police basically told us both to work it out i began to receive phone calls pings on facebook and actual letters from my daughter She is relentless. She continues to try to push for a relationship. Nothing seems to deter her. I sought a restraining order, but New Jersey will not award one because neither of us have lived together before. What options do I have now? How can I get her to stop harassing me? No, I will not have a relationship with her. I desire no contact from her now or ever. You live in New Jersey and, uh, you're being told that they will not grant you a restraining order because you have never lived with your daughter. So, there's real... Can I say something? That sounds like bullshit. Honestly, it does. I mean, you have somebody harassing... Regardless of the relationship, it's unwanted communication, contact. There, There are other options other than a restraining order you can get a no contact order you can get um yeah but they may not they they may it all depends on is jurisdictional and so and it's there are, stalking to me there there are certain requirements that you have to meet in order to get any of these orders and it seems to me like in the state of new jersey it's it's pretty much where from where they're coming from your daughter is not harming you and she's not threatening you so that's the thing normally when you're issued a restraining order or any kind of order no contact or anything like that it's because you fear that person there's danger involved and i mean it doesn't seem like your daughter is actually stalking you in the criminal sense so honestly there's not a lot that i can tell you to do other than trying to contact the adopted parents and getting them to talk to her or moving now that she has found you i mean if you want to disrupt your your life like that honestly and truly i understand where you're coming from with the trauma that's involved, but that's still real cool because your daughter did nothing 
to you and she just wants to have a relationship with the person that gave her birth. I'm because gonna you, you chime didn't, in here. I'm just saying you I'm didn't gonna, have to keep her. I'm, I'm going to chime in here. Now, I'm saying say you didn't have to she, keep her, but you did. For, she asked for legal advice, not for uh, that's, I said that advice. there's no legal, there's nothing that I can tell you to do legally other than you could sue her. Mm-hmm. I would look for any other types of orders of protection other than a restraining order. Any protective order is going to require something. And if the police are not cooperative, which is basically what you're saying. Go down the list. Go down the list. My thing is she probably did. She probably said restraining order as a catch-all because you go to the police station to try to do something, they're going to give you the options. But if they don't think that it's worth their time, I mean, go outside next, the jurisdiction. Next thing is. I mean, go to the place where she lives and try to get some sort of order of restraint. Call the cops. Whenever she shows up, call the cops. She's trespassing. How's that? Yeah. Okay. Trespassing. Okay. Uh, Here is one. <laughs> All right. This last week, I was incarcerated for testing positive for marijuana. Wait, wrong voice. Um, This week, I was incarcerated for testing positive for marijuana. For real? My probation officer put me in jail. And during this, she went to my apartment to conduct a search. Mm-hmm. And when I am in jail, my mama called me and told me that my PO was coming, asking her for a combination for my safe. I knew it wasn't nothing in my say. So uh, what I did, well, I told my mama the combination. So, you know, I got out of jail today. And when I go over there, my whole damn safe gone. Like, for real, can my P.O. just take shit from my apartment without telling me? No. No. The thing is, is how we know the P.O. took it. <laughs> His mama probably <laughs> said, <laughs> shit, nigga, you, know, you got about $10,000 in here. Right. I feel like your mama stole your safe. <laughs> That's not <laughs> <mine laughs> safe. Man, no, you need a, a warrant or some shit, don't you? Well, actually, as far as the P.O. is concerned, because he tested positive, that's why she was able to go. And then the mama let him in. You know that. And what, what did we say about four episodes ago? That's right. Don't Never ever let them in. But as far as taking the safe, though, if the PO actually did that, nah, man, that's trouble. They can't do that. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, dude, let's see. We bought a house in 2015, and we made damn sure that it was. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me read this in a proper voice. We purchased a home in 2015, and we made damn sure that it was not part of an HOA. Soon after moving, the HOA started sending us documents about joining, which we completely ignored. We were even visited once by the president of the HOA, and my husband made it perfectly clear to him that we have no intention of joining. In 2016, we received a letter that said the HOA is considering legal action against us, to have us join because living here, we are benefiting from the HOA's work without paying for it. And it's a financial burden on everyone, every other member. Mm-hmm. The letter insisted that a legal action can be avoided if we just join. Mm-hmm. We ignored it. The president visited us again. Can you believe the gall? Mm-hmm. 
in July of 2016 and said the same thing. And we pretty much told him, see you in court. They indeed took legal action against us earlier this year and we hired a lawyer and went to the court. Their motion was dismissed immediately. Now we received another letter from them saying we need to reimburse them for their legal fees of about $3,700 according to Article X and Section Y of the HOA's CC&Rs with a copy of the CC&Rs. I'm guessing that's community conduct and regulations or something. Uh-huh. Uh, they referenced the paragraph that says something along the lines of the association is entitled to recovery of the fees incurred by bringing legal action against the homeowner. Nah, because you ain't a part yeah, of the HOA. Right. As deemed necessary by the board to enforce the CCRs and preserve the best interest of the community. Out of the 3700 2000 is related to their fees for suing us, and the other 17 is for the letters they've been sending us during all of these times. We are so tired of fighting this horrible HOA, and we are thinking whether we can be granted a restraining order against the HOA and its presidents. What is the best way to fight this charge and make sure they will stop harassing us? I can tell that was written by a white lady. I would suggest that the lawyer that you retained to fight the HOA, you go back to them. Because basically, if you are not a member of the HOA, you are not... um, you can't be held to the letter of the HOA agreement. You you were never a part of it. So they can't recover their fees because you were not a member of the HOA. It says if a member. Mm-hmm. No, I thought it said homeowner. It said if right. a homeowner. homeowner, right, which would be a member of the HOA. Mm-hmm. So you're not a part of the HOA. You have. You, you don't need to pay their legal fees or the fees for the letters that they were sending you because now it's strange, mail. right? It's strange to me that if the subdivision that your home is a part of has a homeowner's insurance, homeowner's insurance, Lord Jesus, has a homeowner's association that when you purchase the house, there's most subdivisions that have HOAs when you sign on the dotted line to purchase your home in the purchase agreement it talks about the covenants that the HOA has and it's surprising to me that your subdivision has an HOA that when you purchased your house you didn't automatically become a member thereof that's strange but if that is the case, if you are not a member of the HOA, which it seems you're not because they're trying to bully you into it, the only other way that you can stop them, they sued you, you would have to sue them. That's my thought. My thought is, okay, let them sue you for the uh, their legal fees and then counter sue for your legal fees, which includes representing you against their legal fees. And then can we get punitive? Can we get some punitive damages? That, you know, punitive damages is strictly regulated. Okay, last one. My wife and I are estranged from her parents. However, we are close with her sister. Monday, I got called over to their house because 
he was threatening my mother-in-law and sister-in-law and my mother-in-law. And huh? by he, I mean her father. This is sounding very complicated. That's violent. Yeah. Okay. Her so father. Okay. It start, starts with my father-in-law shot at somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my wife and I are estranged. Estranged. The mother got right, called over. Right. So basically... Over. The ma the the him and his wife are estranged from the wife's parents, but they're close to the sister. And the the mother in law was by the sister's house, and the father in law came and shot at them. Wait, recovering from a mastectomy was forcefully restraining him. The cops came, declined to press charges. I dropped them off at the crappiest hotel like a fine. Wednesday he <laughs> came back. Uh, the cycle repeated itself yet again, and I once dropped them off at. A crappy hotel. It turns out that over Christmas, my father-in-law, the delightful soul that he is, fired at the neighbors for messing with his fence and apparently got six years of probation. My sister-in-law and I both found out about this on Monday. Apparently, the lawyer who dealt with the shooting issue mentioned that because they're all here on a visa, they could be deported as a result of... The father-in-law's action. My yep. sister-in-law is 26, went to high school here. I think they've been here for like 12 years and currently resides with her mother and father. Mm-hmm. And I believe they are all filed under the same visa. My wife was over here, was over 18 when they came here and filed separately. My concerns are twofold here. First being that I want this guy to go away since the cops aren't much of any help. I thought about calling his parole officer and explaining what's going on, which theoretically might get his parole revoked. Secondly, what are the ramifications if he violates his parole and gets reprimanded back into custody? Would this start the ball rolling for a deportation? I'm perfectly okay if he gets his ass sent back to the Philippines. Would this cause his wife to be shipped off as well? It may. I mean, I am not an expert in uh anything that has to do with immigration but from from the little bit that i do know if they are all here on the same visa and that visa gets revoked it would it would mean that everybody that's on that visa would be revoked now the problem and the issue are they daca Hmm? Are they DACA? No. Because when oh, the wife... they're here with the visa. Okay. Right. They're here, they're here under a visa. Now, the, the problem is, is too, and you're absolutely right, if you call the PO and he gets violated, and that will start the ball rolling to get him deported. Now, as I said, it could lead to your mother-in-law and your sister being deported as well. But that's the pins, I would assume. But like I said, initially, same visa. If the whole visa gets revoked, then they're all going back. You piecing out on them. Mm-hmm. So we want to wrap this episode up by asking you, the listeners, have you ever been sexually harassed at work? Have you ever filed anything with HR, anything with the authorities about this sexual harassment. Mm. We would like you on the show if you are willing to openly discuss it in detail. And also, 
Same with stalking. Have you been stalked? Is someone following you? Are they IMing you? Are they sliding in your DMs? If so, if you are being stalked, male or female, we would like you on our show to discuss it openly only if you have talked to authorities and made steps taking steps to prevent this from happening no even if you haven't we want to hear your stories about yeah and then then basically pick your brain as to why you did not inform anybody on top of that if you are of the asian persuasion you may gain another stalker not saying that it will be me (laughs) however uh but no yeah we want to get some people involved if y'all got stories to tell we here to listen and we want to help you out because we is helpful. We care. All right. So, yeah, that wraps it up. Black Law Legalize. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Black Law Podcast. Uh, hit us up, Black Law Podcast at gmail.com. And on Twitter, I am Dan on Drugs. And look for the picture of the dude covered in red with the Viking helmet with the two braids coming down. Wait, That's what? me. You posted that? Yeah, the picture Man, from what? the um from the uh vampire run. vampire run. Yeah. Wait, and what's my picture? Don't even worry about that. Man, I'm still All trying right. to figure that out. So until next week, people, if you've been sexually harassed once again, it y'all... was probably done by Dan on drugs. No, nah, I don't sexually harass people. Like I, I he just like rapes them. Yeah, no, I don't rape them. I take what I <laughs> want. You know what? If you walking by, you got something I want. I'm going to snatch you up, and if you're walking, you're probably funky, so I'm going to throw you in the bathtub, <laughs> scrub you down, smack it up, flip it, rub it down. Oh, no. Peace out. <laughs>